everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of Talking Jacks. This is uh, not really a Talking Jacks extra, but not really a Talking Jacks regular episode. It's kind of a tweener, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben. Ben, how are you doing today on this Monday? Doing good. It was uh, not very much of a Monday, so I, I can't really complain too much at all. What do you mean? Were you off work? No, I worked. It just like just didn't things, feel like a Monday? Yeah, I guess okay. like things didn't go wrong. There wasn't like a moment where I just felt like it was a Monday, I guess. That's good. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a win today. That is a win. That's absolutely a win. Yeah, uh, yeah my day was okay. I'm, I'm really getting tired of commuting back and forth yeah. every day. But at least Wednesday, I'll get to stick around and go to the go to the match against uh, Tampa Bay Rowdy. So that'll be fun. Fantastic. It'll I was hoping it, you'd be able to make it. It'll it make should it be it. a good time. Anytime there's a midweek game is a good day. I like uh, midweek games. I know that the crowds don't always show up. It's a lot smaller crowds, but yeah, it's they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of not midweek matches, but just matches in general, we played the Richmond Kickers on Saturday for the second time in about a three or four week span. Yeah. And that game finished one to one after a pretty pretty decent first half from both sides, and then a pretty yep. boring second half from both sides as well. Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. It was uh, there wasn't much that happened. Let's just put it that way. If if you would have if you missed the second half of the game, you didn't miss much. Yeah, um, you missed substitutions and yellow and a single yellow card. By Kevon George. Oh, yeah. I, t- I think I missed that foul, but it, it's unfortunate for Kevon, um, all things considered. Um, but yeah, we did see the return of, of Jan Ekra, which was very nice. I was very happy to see him in the starting 11. Um, yeah, he had a pretty solid solid game. Came off in the 79th minute. Uh, but I thought all in all he had a pretty solid game. Uh, we also saw the return of Sam Vines to the starting lineup uh, after missing yeah. a week. We don't know if that was injury-related or what. Uh, but yeah. Donnie Smith was back on the bench, and Sam Vines was starting at left back. I was a little surprised by that, but I thought yeah. Sam put in a good shift. I noticed he was a little more aggressive than usual, so maybe he's been listening to the podcast, and he's been hearing <laughs> me complain about how he's too conservative. Cause he put in Maybe. he put in some early crosses. He he got forward sometimes. I think he even took a shot from distance. He did take a shot. So, I, I was trying to remember yeah. if that was accurate in my thought process. But yeah, he definitely did take a shot. Go on, Sammy. Um, also, fun fact: I'm gonna try to get this right on the first try. But the commentator said this. I may be false on this, but I think they said that Herrera went pro when. Sam Vines was, I think, five or six months old. Wow. Something like that. I tweeted about it. That may be completely false, but um, uh, something like that. If uh, if Jason hears this and, and figures out that this is wrong, then correct us. Um, <laughs> I'm not a bro of correction. Well, I, I will say I thought uh, the phantom handball that we uh, – that we got, not credited for, um, that we benefited from in the first game against Richmond, it came yeah. back, karma came back on us 
because there was an obvious handball early in the second half in the box uh, on a cross that Jorge put. Jorge tried to put a cut back in, and the guy what slid. Was handball? Oh, yeah. He slid with his arm in the air, and, it, and the ball went right into his arm. Was that the one where Herrera got up and was, like, vigorously? Yes, that's the one. Arm? Yep, that was the one. So I, I, I'm just going to say we're even with Richmond on, on handball calls for the year. So we can go back to, you know, square one on that. Um, so that was an interest. That was pretty much the only interesting thing that happened in the second half, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. the, but, I, but I felt the first half was pretty strong. Uh, Kai Foster put in an absolute beauty of oh. a ball to get the equalizer. Uh, you know, picking it up at just just on our in our own half, you know, near the center circle and just dropping a dime. Right to Cordell Cato. That was such a great, great ball and a great sequence. I'd uh, love to have a reverse angle behind him, what he exactly saw. Right? Because it was such a good, like the vision and everything. Just put it, dropped it perfectly. Yep. And it's, uh, I, I was looking at a couple things for Cordell Cato real quick. He's now the leading goal scorer on the team with seven. He's got one more than uh, Jorge now. The other thing that's crazy is I was thinking this was going to be pretty close, but he has a 37% conversion rate, and of his shots on target, he's converted more than 50% of them. So he's pretty, pretty darn good. He's pretty clinical when he's getting. Yeah, in. yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. He's was, been an absolute great signing. You know. Yeah. He was kind of under the radar, but he's been probably our best signing of the offseason. He's been one of the, I think. Compared to how I was really excited when he first came in, um, there's no way we could have seen this happen uh, or anyone could have seen this coming. Because, I mean, right now he is tied for fifth in the league um, for the Golden Boot race with seven. There's like 10 people with seven goals, um, to to be frank. But um, but yeah, he's uh, he's been a really good, really good signing. And he. I think he did the perfect thing in that situation too, where he just kind of dribbled into the net. Yeah, was, he just—I mean, he really only took—he took the one touch, and then he kind of shielded the defender off. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was cool. It was kind of—it was a little cheeky, is what I, is yeah. what I thought about it. Uh, Definitely. And I felt bad for uh, Javon Watson on the first goal because he was in the perfect position. He just. It just nicked off his head, not not enough to clear it, you know. Mm-hmm. It was uh, one of the oh, it was one of the I don't I don't want to say major blunder. It was a major blunder. I'll go ahead and say it. It was one of the more major blunders we've had in the last couple games. Yeah, we started we started out uh-huh. really chaotic, you know. Yeah. The shape the sh- we were disorganized. We couldn't hold onto the ball. And then the goal, when we gave up the goal, it kind of woke us up a little bit. We started, we responded really well to giving up the goal. Uh, Obviously, we equalized about 15 minutes later. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the the first half was strong. And and even up until the handball that was not called in the second half was pretty strong. And from there, we... We had a bunch of half chances, but we didn't really have any clear-cut chances that I remember in the second half. I mean, do you remember anything that yeah. sticks out? I know Alex was pretty active getting down the left on in the second half. 
but nothing yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. I I didn't notice too much to be honest with you. I mean, it was uh a little bit maybe surprising we didn't see substitutions earlier on, but yeah, I was. It was this was the type of game that like time. we needed to shake it up a little bit. I thought Jorge was having a little bit of an off game, uh, mm-hmm. and it, and we needed to shake it up a little sooner than we did. But you know, maybe Jeffries wants to get this eleven in a rhythm. You know, that's his style. He likes to have his starting eleven have a lot of chemistry and to kind of get into a rhythm playing together. So, you know. Yep. It is what it is at this point. You know, 1-1 draw is not the worst result, especially on the road. Uh, it would have been nice to get all three points, but, you know, four points in two games away to Richmond is is pretty good. Yeah. Not uh, not the best outcome, but, I mean, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, considering we didn't play that great, too, uh, it's yeah, not and a I mean, Dykstra, Dykstra also, I wanted to mention, had a really great save at the end of the first half to not concede uh, a second right in stoppage time of half of the first half. Yeah, was that the the long shot they took? No, it was off the corner okay. kick. And they and, and Dykstra just got a fingertip and, and knocked it off the bar, and then they tried yeah. to head it back in, and Jorge cleared it off the line. Yep, gotcha. So yeah, I'm, it was I'm another pro Dykstra. Yeah, it was another solid outing from Dykstra as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but that does mean we got three draws in a row. It does three um, one one draws as well. Yeah. So it's been it's like it's like we've seen, and they've all been very different. You know, the first one we, yeah, scored first, really early, and then conceded pretty late. Second one, yeah, reverse. We we allowed a goal pretty early, and then equalized late, and now we, uh, you know, allowed a goal really early equalized and then went 70 minutes without a goal <laughs> so yeah hopefully the tampa bay rowdies game will have a little bit more action i i feel like it will it, it's gonna be very interesting i'm really glad we have a guest for this one yeah um because very curious on a couple random things that i noticed with uh tampa bay just yeah. with keeping track of them during this season and they've had a lot uh, going on yeah, you could say that. Um, my the, my favorite description of it, and I don't technically understand this, but I see how this would be funny, is that someone, I don't know who it was, but somebody on Twitter, you'll appreciate this with what you've done recently, but someone described their season as playing football manager on the highest difficulty possible. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I, I feel like is a very adapt uh, description to their season so far. But um, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, and so seven thirty should be a, a a good one. And we and like you mentioned, we do have a guest. Uh, <laughs> it is Dan from the Unused Substitutes podcast, and mm-hmm. we're gonna go ahead and go to that interview right now. So bear with us, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Well, we are here, welcomed by Dan of the Unused Subs. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast tonight. We do appreciate it. How are you doing today, Dan? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys? Great. Yeah, I can't complain. Pretty well. I've got a beer in my hand, and it's tasty, so it's a good day. That's always a good day. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, very, very happy to have you on the podcast, obviously, because it's been a, uh, a super boring, dull, and uh, eventless rowdy season so far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all has been going on. Oh, but, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, there has been a ton going on. Um, so you, your coach has changed to your top defender. Um, your one of your better players, Marcel Schaefer, has now his last game was the last game you played against Penn FC. Is that correct? Yeah, Friday was his last game. Friday was his last game. Okay, and oh, I'm forgetting something. What else has happened? Just kind of go over the season, how things have been going, uh, things like that. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, well, we went on that what like that win the four game scoreless winless streak. Well, losing streak uh and we fired Stuart campbell and hired neil collins so we brought neil collins from his left center back position into now uh as our manager coach um then i mean let's see uh david najum got hurt in red bull he's out for the year uh neil collins Ooh. takes over and let's see kyle Karinga's hurt uh basically half the lineup's hurt we have a new coach uh <laughs> our best player left it's just been uh, insanity. Like I keep saying on our show that uh, it's like Neil set the football manager def- difficult <laughs> legendary and is uh, just trying to wing it. Yeah, I, I just I just mentioned that when I was uh, talking <laughs> with Alice previously. That's pretty funny that that came up. Um, but, uh, but how do you think the team has kind of worked around that adversary as far as um, and how, how do you think the team has changed stylistically game plan wise and things like that with all those changes? Um, it's really hard to say. Like, um, let's see, we, get, we lost Lance Roseboom. He's out with a knee injury. Our starting oh. left back, uh, Zach Portillos, is out with uh, a knee injury. Uh, Kyle Karinga, who was our backup right back, is out with an ankle injury because David Najum, like I said, went out uh, earlier in the year with, an, I think, an ACL tear. Um, yeah. Marcel Schaefer is now gone. Uh, we had Joe Cole, who, who was out for a game with yellow card accumulation. Um, I was trying to get before I came on. I was trying to get clarification that maybe Georgie Ristoff might be out this week uh, for the next game with yellow card accumulation. But I think he went. He, I think he went five without. So I don't know. I'm trying to get clarification there. Yeah, uh, we've run into that problem too. It's, it's very weird the way the USL website does not update certain things. Because um, technically Neil Collins is both the a defender on your team now and the coach according to the website. That's so nice. go figure. Been- he hasn't officially retired. Um, oh. We're so thin. Uh, what? Uh, Tamika McCandawiri, uh, Ivan, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, and <laughs> are our three center backs on the roster. Uh, if anything happens to one or two of them, Neil Collins is going to have to suit up and play or manager this thing. Um, so we're, we're at that. We're, the Rowdies are at that point where our manager is keeping himself on the roster just in case. Ah, super interesting. That's so he's he could be both the coach and a substitution in the same game, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder how that would work. Would he call his? I guess that's calling his own number technically. Yeah, he'd have to warm him, go warm up, and then somehow, it's. I'm waiting for it to happen at this point. I want I'm, just like the World Cup. I'm rooting for chaos. So you're saying yes. there's a chance that he'll show up in full kit on the sideline on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's, that, uh, there's, would, <laughs> that would be excellent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anything's possible right now. I'm waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for him just to like rip off his dress shirt this on Friday and just throw himself back out there just to 
to give us a boost. But um, it's uh, speaking of Friday's game, Leon Taylor got a red card, so he's out for the next Didn't game. Didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, so it's re- again. I, I wish I could sit here and give you guys like a, a predicted lineup, but just throw some names on a dartboard and uh, go from there. It'll uh, probably be very close to being accurate. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. Um, I know we did sign uh, what Afram to- uh, Toku Taku, uh, the Albanian uh, midfielder slash right back. Uh, he dressed on Friday, but he didn't get any minutes. Uh, maybe uh, we'll see him this week. Um, uh, not the one from Montreal, but Dominic Duro from uh, what was it USL PDL? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I, I think he's still waiting on his uh, work visa, so he didn't dress yet. Um, they should be, well, at least uh, Taku should be available uh, for this weekend. Um, but there sh- from what I'm told, some more announcements should be coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so we might have, yeah, there might be somebody uh, that I don't know. I mean, I don't have names. I just know that there should be a couple, of, there might be a couple of new names coming in soon. Um, it definitely seems like Neil Collins is building towards something um, and has a, a plan, but he's just waiting for the right people to be healthy and or bring them in and uh, get this team together. It's, like I said, as we keep saying, it's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of TBDs, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I just hope it's not, we don't determine it way too late to salvage the season. I'm still cautiously optimistic that we can like sneak into the playoffs. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting. What one thing I was curious on, um, and this may be a little bit difficult to answer given the roster and the and that type of thing, but I noticed that uh, Marcel Schaefer is is leading the team, and he was very high up on the USL list of chances created, fourth in the league technically with forty. How in the world are they going to replace that? Um, well, if you can. Um... Marcel Schaefer was uh, a unique to USL talent, I believe. I mean, he he was still, I mean, tour, he was on the downward end of his career. He was only, I think, what, at uh, 32, 33, uh, yeah. coming over from the Bundesliga. Like, he was still a top talent. Um, I don't know. Our goal on Friday, he it was all him. He pinpointed cross for Leon Taylor to tap in. Uh, I don't know how you find that talent off just, you know, laying around these days. So uh, I think the team's going to have to step up. Leo Fernandez, um, Joe Cole, uh, Michael Nantroff, he, he could slot in there. Um, it, you're just going to have to see the team step up, and it's going to have to be a team effort, which, you know, sometimes uh, it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, like Argentina and Messi, everybody, you know, everything's trying, they try to run everything through Messi. Uh, sometimes you need to, you know, Sometimes you lose that best player and everybody else steps up and it balances the team out a bit. So it's it's hard to say, um, you know, if a couple get money ball it, you know, like if a couple guys can produce 10, 15 chances each. There you go. I'm OK with that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way of looking at it. I think that you really can't be too one dimensional like like we've seen last year with the, the independence. If you're one dimensional a lot Enzo Martinez and that one piece is gone cold, then things don't work out. Um, any uh, questions for Dan there, Alex? Yeah, I was just curious if there's been any kind of tactical shift uh, with the change in manager. 
Yes. Um, Stuart Campbell was very much the, like, what, like, uh, basically a 4-5-1. Um, I don't know if it's due to injury or if it's Neil Collins' uh, like game plan. I know on paper uh, it'll look like a kind of a four-four-two, but it's definitely a three-five-two. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah that's because uh, we were playing three center backs and like a left back. Marcel Schaefer was technically listed as a left back on Friday, mm-hmm. but he was mm-hmm. he was down on the opponent's third more often than not, uh, and then having the three center backs. So I wouldn't be surprised if some, like I mentioned earlier, some of these, if, if we get more people in, uh, get some, uh, like a left wing back to come on uh, and do that and switch to the 3-5-2. Okay, cool. Uh, and another thing I was curious about is uh, Cody Mizell, you know, obviously he spent a couple years with, with Charlotte and it seemed like he started the year and he was the number one keeper and now it seems like he's been replaced. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about that? Um. Neil has a has an affinity for Akira Fitzgerald. He said he likes what he does with his feet. If it's not anything against Cody, he just mm. what he's going for. I guess probably playing out the back a little yeah. bit more. Um, that uh, Akira is a little uh, probably more adept at that than Cody. Um, but mm. I, I I don't know if you lose much going either way. Uh, I love Cody from his first stint here before he left. Uh, he's a heck of a guy to have in the locker room and on that field. Um, it was kind of, it was pretty much a shock to all of us uh, when that switch was made. Um, but you, you know, each manager has their own preference. Uh, but I personally, I think I would have stuck with Cody as well. Interesting. So it almost sounds like it's a very similar situation with uh, what we have going on here, where we're starting maybe not our best goalkeeper, um, but it's based on schematics and uh and scheme and whatnot it's it's interesting um yeah that um basically answers all the questions i had as far as uh the rowdies go um there's one other one i was curious on though are there any certain players you'd say that are in form or players we should look out for on wednesday um probably not uh, <laughs> <laughs> um georgie ristoff he's been kind of cold he's one if he's his next goal is like the uh, all-time even uh, original rowdies like all-time club goal scorer he's been sitting on that for a while yeah he, he's still waiting on that wow he can break out at any moment though um yeah. so it's cold he can get hot he can score out of nowhere um leo fernandez has been pretty good um he's probably been the best player out there in my opinion uh <laughs> now that marcel's gone um uh if Junior Junior Fleming set out uh, Friday due to an upper body injury, is what we were told. Um, if he's healthy, he's he's been in form. He's been scoring goals. So Junior Fleming and uh, Leo Fernandez are the two guys I'd look out for. And correct me if I'm wrong. Both of those players are very quick and are very good dribblers, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I know uh, Fernandez is very good with the ball. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Glad I was able to correlate that skill with the correct player. Um, sometimes I'm terrible at that. Um, all right. Well, that yeah, that definitely does it for the questions I was curious on with them. Um, any uh, other questions you got, Alex? Yeah, I just thought of another one. Um, what's the situation with Jack Blake? I know it's it's mm. kind of a mid... It's a mid... It's a loan, right? Yeah, it's a full... Uh, a loan for the rest of the season, and... Uh, 
part of this is my conjecture. Um, he played the Open Cup game in Jacksonville that we lost, um, and uh, he didn't see. He it, I don't know if it, he lost confidence or what happened after that. But I went to a training session or two, and you can just tell he was just mentally not there. And mm-hmm. Neil, I think Neil said in our last interview that uh, he wanted. He didn't see Jack getting the minutes he wanted or needs here. Um, so he sent him over uh, to the Monarchs for the rest of the season so he can continue to play. Um, so uh, I guess he just didn't fit the style or yeah. it's just yeah. what we need right now. And probably to make space. I think Jack is technically an international. Um, oh. So I don't know if that says to what's coming in. Because um, we lo- losing Marcel, he, there goes an international. like That opens up an international slot. Um, so, you know, it could it could be something like that. I don't know who else, if there's any other internationals coming in, but we were pretty close to that limit. Um, so I think that might have played into it as well. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. That was a, that was kind of a surprising one because he's been uh, he's been at least in the media he's been out front as you know a big face of the club. Uh, so that was surprising came out of nowhere for us too like I, I i have the twitter notifications on for the rowdies because at work i can't be checking twitter all the time and i got that one and i was completely taken aback but uh i'm fully in you know trust the process mode right now uh, yeah i like to see what i mean i like what i'm seeing so far so i'm not going to question too much yet well that does it for me for questions and it looks like we did all of our listener questions are related to either our previous game or random stuff like the world cup so uh (laughs) we won't we won't bother you with those (laughs) cool do you want to do a prediction alex yeah let's go for it Um, yeah i think we're gonna continue the streak of the one one draw i don't know why i just think we've done it three in a row so why not why stop now why not um I'm going to say something slightly different. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory for us because I want three points. And <laughs> three points on a Wednesday would be great. Um, definitely feel like there's going to be a ton of goals scored in this game. Really? Um, minimum of minimum of three. Let's say that. Minimum of three. Yeah. Okay. I can see, I can see three goals, but uh, I, I don't see the Rowdies winning this one. <laughs> I really don't. Um <laughs> I'm usually the eternal optimist, but um, injuries, possible suspensions, all these changes, I would be shocked if the Rowdies on the road can do anything. I'd be happy with the draw, but I see you guys winning. Cool. That's fair. I know Tampa struggled on the road this year and last year. Our entire history, our yeah. entire like modern history, <laughs> is our record is a mirror image of our away record. It's... Mm. Through managers, players, everything in the five, what, like six, seven year history or something like that, it's a mirror image. We were terrible on the road. At least it's consistent, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> consistency is good. Nothing wrong with consistency. With us, we yes. never know what team we're going to see. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the definition of a roller coaster. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, this has been this has been. Uh, surprise! I didn't realize you were coming on until about ten minutes before the <laughs> yeah. show. So, this is great. Because <laughs> uh, I got when you guys sent me the message yesterday, I was on my way home from Alabama. I went up for a uh, AFC uh, Mobile game, 
versus Pool yeah, Boys just, just for the heck of it. And uh, I was driving home yesterday, and I was like, I won't be able to make that one, but today, definitely. Cool. Yeah, my whole family's from Alabama, so. I've never, Small world. Other, never uh, really stopped in. It was nice. I liked it. Mobile's very nice. The rest of it, eh. <laughs> I feel that it's way okay. I am excited about Birmingham getting a team next year, though. Yeah, that's that's where good. most of my family is from, so that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll be good. So, so thanks for joining us, and, and we'll uh, plug your podcast. It's called The Unused Substitutes, that's right? Yeah. And it's uh, it's part of the BGN Network, is that right, as well? Yeah, yeah the Beautiful Game Network. Cool. So if any listeners want to hear more about the Rowdies, go look up The Unused Substitutes. Um, they have a great fan base something all USL clubs should aspire to be. I really yes. enjoy Tampa's vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the USL's been much better than the NASL, in my opinion. Well, good. <laughs> yes. We, we have gladly welcomed you. I, yes. the, the Rowdies Twitter family is one of my favorite things about Twitter and uh, the USL and, and conjecture. Nobody hates us like we hate us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, me and Alex got to pretend to answer some other questions now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but this was this was a lot of fun. Really do appreciate it, Dan. Um, do you know if anybody's coming up for this game? Um, I don't know. I think or, there might be a couple. Um, yeah. Probably some of the casuals might come up. They tend to be the ones that travel more than anything. Uh, but I haven't. I mean, midweek is hard, so I don't know. Yeah. Midweek is super hard. It's uh, I think our game against you is a in Tampa is a midweek game. I think. Probably. Don't quote me on that. But I remember it being a weird day. I remember that. Um, but uh, but yeah, we better get to those other questions. Silly podcasting duties. What are you gonna do? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, thank you so much for being a part of this. We do appreciate it, and I'll uh. I'm sure we'll we'll be in touch with the uh, the second leg, and yeah. uh, converse uh, and uh, and plan that out accordingly. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you guys. Thanks, man. Alrighty, see ya. All right, folks, we're back from our interview with Dan. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. It was good to hear about the Rowdies' crazy season. Uh, they've had a lot going on, uh, so hopefully, the uh, the Jacks can take advantage of the little bit of chaos there. Because it seems like they, they strike me as a team who's going to figure it out uh, towards the end of the season. So it, I feel like we're catching them at a good time. Uh, which true. seems to be a theme of our season. I mean, we I, I was looking at some of the power rankings that lots of people like to do on USL Reddit. And I noticed one of them had our strength of schedule on there. And our strength of schedule was like, we had the easiest schedule in the league to this point. Yeah, and I was surprised. I, I, I was surprised, seven. but also like, no, that kind of makes sense. Like we've had a pretty easy schedule. Yeah. So it you, seems like facing a playoff team at are, are the are the Rowdies even in the playoffs right now? No, I think they're ninth or tenth. Okay. Well, I think in the, I think they'll make the playoffs. Eleventh. They were eleventh. Oh well, god. Well, I mean, it's two. It's like two through eleven are separated by like six points. It's a pretty. It's pretty congested. Yeah. But that's a good... uh, I, it was good to hear from Dan. Good to hear some insight about the Rowdies that we weren't just guessing about. Yeah. 
did not know they were going through so many injuries, but there are other questions to answer. There are questions to answer, starting with, uh, let's see, Wade Brazell. And he asks, uh, did you have a hard time, like I was, seeing the lines in the first half? And yes, in the Richmond game. Oh, it was terrible. Well, I'm just glad he brought that up. It's it, it, was, it was like this last time, I remember. It wasn't as bad last time, I guess, because maybe the... I guess because it was earlier in the year, so the sun was a little bit higher maybe when the game started. But it's, I was wondering that camera, that it's just the camera faces the sun. And I so think it they just, changed the camera angle too. It I felt like know. the camera was in a different, or something was different about the camera um, from last game. I may have been going crazy. Um, but the lines were very difficult to yeah, see. Yeah, there was one point where Dykstra came sliding out to pick up a ball, and I was yeah. like, is he even in the 18? Like, like is he just picking up a ball? You know, obviously he was, but I was, yeah. just, it made me nervous. And then I was, I couldn't, I was like, I can't see the lines. I can't even tell where they are on the field. I was like, I have, I can yep. see the goal kind of, so I can kind of, you know, imagine it, but no, I couldn't see the lines at all. I imagine yep. that's just a TV thing and not a in-person thing. And it did get better in the second half once the sun went down a little bit. But, of course, the yeah. second half had a lot less action, so the lines weren't as needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for darn sure. Yep. So our next question comes from Richard. Uh, unfortunately, he got his Twitter suspended, so he's on his secondary account. Yeah. Uh, so don't tweet out videos from the World Cup, kids. Moral FIFA, of the story. FIFA will get you. Yeah. Uh, but he asks... Do you think that the independents were simply just bored of playing in Richmond? Pretty sure the fans on both sides wish there had been a little more time between meeting again, especially on the same field. What do you think? Um, to answer the latter part of that question, yes, it would have been very nice. Um, yeah. it, I would. I really want to go to Richmond for a soccer game. Um, or just in general. I hear yeah, it's a cool I, I would have um, liked to have gone, but it was so soon after yeah. the first one it's like eh. yeah <laughs> it's a weird usl scheduling that's for darn sure but um i don't know it was it, it's hard to read our team sometimes because i i don't want to say that we that when things don't go our way we just kind of settle into a possession-based game and don't want to go for the victory but it almost sometimes feel like we pl feels like we play to what they're giving us in a way um yeah i see what you're saying i i thought yeah i thought they just the intensity wasn't quite there which was surprising yeah. uh mm -hmm. just because we had had a week off i was i was just expecting a little bit more intensity uh yep. obviously from the start we were a little sleepy uh and obviously gave up that goal in, almost immediately <laughs> and Yep. There were just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to, uh, I hope it's not, you know, I, I would think that our players are professional and don't care about who's on the schedule. Uh, but maybe, maybe that sneaks in there a little bit cause they're also human beings. You know, they're maybe we thought we were up to, Oh, well, you know, to be honest, maybe they just took Richmond a little lightly. I don't know. I mean, they, they dominated yeah. them so much the first time around. Maybe they just thought, you know, hey, we can put out an 80% effort 
and then we'll dominate. And then they gave up the goal, and they're like, oh, nope, we can't do that. We got to play. And then, you know, we saw how that turned out. I thought thought maybe Jeffries overthought it a little bit with the lineup, maybe because he put out the same lineup that played last time. Hmm. Uh, Despite, I think, Herrera not being really in form and Zayed being in form, I think if we maybe put – I, maybe not even put Herrera on the bench, but put one of the midfielders on the bench and mm-hmm. allow Herrera to play in the number 10 spot and then Zayed up top. Because I thought Zayed looked really good against Atlanta and he looked good against Charleston. Yeah. Uh, so it would have been nice to see him from the start. Uh, but, you know, he's the coach, not us. We're not, you know, we don't. We are not smarter than Coach Jeffries. No. Uh, but, but it is interesting, though, that I think I've noticed – periodically in different parts of games throughout the season that it kind of feels like Herrera is getting frustrated more often than not in games. Do you think you've noticed that? I have seen him, uh, not, mm, what's the word? I have seen him show more emotion, negative emotion this season than I have, than I did last season. Okay. Like the moment thinking that the moment he, and sometimes it's been with referees, but there were a couple times where it seemed like, he was frustrated that he didn't get the ball in the right spot or I don't know. But to yeah. me, like he, he had one of his worst games against Richmond and in, in Charleston as well. I thought he's, his touch yeah. is just not, not as sharp as it usually is. And his, I mean, Jan set him up on a silver platter in the first half. Yeah. And, and he kind of scuffed mm-hmm. the, and he kind of scuffed the shot. And then yep. I, there was another moment felt like in the second half where he had a chance and i think he passed when he should have shot or shot when he should have passed can't remember the, the exact what exactly happened but it yeah. just seems like he's not firing on all cylinders so to speak I'll agree with that it's uh it's a weird funk that it feels like he's in and yeah i well, mean every every player's gonna see a dip in form uh but luckily Cordell Cato's been really on form and kind of picked up the slack in the attacking, and yep. which is good. And, and Zaya has been on form too, which has also been been useful. Um, okay, so we have another question from Wade. Wade says, "I am planning on coming to the match on Wednesday, and this will be my first time at Sportsplex and only the second time ever seeing the Jacks in person. What is something interesting that y'all feel I should know before making the trip?" making my trip um gary gary what about gary yes um watch out for gary he is an interesting fellow um he's very nice though he he is very nice i i I joke around about gary a lot but he is a he is one of my favorite people um englishman or not um he's one of my favorite people but um yeah it's gonna be fun i think it's gonna be a little bit it won't be a fully attended game, but um, still going to be a ton of fun. It'll be a good outcome with the. It'll be a good matchup with the Rowdies, regardless of maybe their roster situation. But uh, but what do you think? I think uh, definitely bring five dollars to park in cash. Yes, because mm-hmm. that you know you don't want to be the car that ha- holds up the rest of the line because you don't have cash. Uh, you know. <laughs> I don't necessarily say that from personal experience. 
Oh yeah, no, I do say that from personal experience because that happened to me last season. Uh, yep. Also, the seventeen seventy five pale ale. If you're, a, if you like, if you like beer, oh, is Wade not old enough to drink? No, I don't think he is. Okay, well, Wade, if if you are old enough to drink, check out the seventeen seventy five pale ale. Uh, and if not, <laughs> then don't to them. <laughs> We do not Falcon condone underage drinking on this podcast. <laughs> Although, the, you know, if we're being honest, we really should lower the drinking age. But that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, no, the other only other thing I would say is, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's probably not going to be a full capacity, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of a bummer because the last the Charleston game was awesome having a record crowd so hopefully you know school's out so maybe we'll Mm -hmm. get more than usual but i would expect it to be a little subdued as far as crowd uh but we'll see you never know um you know maybe we'll we'll see an uptick in interest because of the world cup that would be great yeah and and i would expect a, a really good game we always the last two games last season we played the rowdies twice and played two really exciting games uh, so, yeah, I, yeah I, would, I would think it's going to be an exciting game. Absolutely. All right. The next question, also from Richard. We're, you know, alternating questions here. If the Charlotte Independence was a country in the World Cup, which would they be? This is a two-parter, but we'll answer this part first. Oh, man. I really should have thought about this. Um... Oh crap! I see. I'm thinking stylistically. I would say Spain, probably. You know, that may not be a perfect correlation. Um, I have not watched as much World Cup. Oh, I've watched almost every game, so um, I have a pretty good answer here. Thank God. I'm, I'm, I'll let you go and, and okay. answer this one. The Charlotte Independents are Croatia. Okay. They are a little bit older. They're seasoned. But they, they can play possession. They can maybe rely on a on a attacker who's really, really good named Jorge Herrera, who just <laughs> so happens to look like a certain attacker for Croatia named Luka Modric. Yes. I'm so glad that you thought that he looks like him because I've I thought, thought that, that forever. Was... Like that's not yeah. just a World Cup thing. I've always been like he looks like Jorge Herrera, but but yep. when I saw the when I saw the picture side by side, I was like, oh, that is yep. Jorge Herrera. But no, I think we're we're similar to Croatia. We are we may not dominate, uh, although we did you know we dominated Cincinnati, which maybe Cincinnati's yep. Argentina in this Very good scenario. Yep. And then <laughs> you know we'll see. That's that's who I would compare us to is because we're not quite Spain. I don't think we're quite on that level talent wise. Uh, so that's I would true. feel a little uncomfortable comparing us to Spain. But in play style, I guess maybe you could say we're, we lean towards the Spanish style. But we're not we're not quite there yet. So Croatia cool. is my answer. I'm okay with this. What's your answer? I, the only thing I can think of is Spain. I really have not watched okay. enough World Cup That's to fair. really have a. Uh, so maybe a we're found. maybe we're like a blend of Croatia and Morocco, because Morocco is basically bargain bin Spain. Oh. They got okay. knocked out, but they 
they were the better team in like all three of their games. They but they didn't get the results, and we've seen Charlotte be the better team and not get the results. So I, I would say between Croatia and Morocco and Spain, kind of a blend of those three. Okay, very cool. That was a really good question, though. I like that. Yeah, I, so I'm the second, really, really happy about that. Yeah, the second part of the question, and you may not be able to answer this, uh, but it says. Before we're finished, let's get a World World Cup prediction out of you both. Who will win it? That's a good question. Um, I'm pretty sure I said Argentina on uh, second yellow. Um, Yeah. Does not. That pick's not looking so great right about now. Nope. Um, We will know by the time you're listening to this. You will probably know the result of if they're if they got out of the group or not. So. Yeah. It's uh. Now's your chance to change your pick. I, if I had to change it, I don't know. How did Spain do in their last game? I, I honestly don't even uh, know. They played today, which is Monday, and they drew oh, yeah. with Morocco 2-2. That's not but good. But they, did get it, they, they got out of their group. I believe they won the group. Uh, they Them and Portugal advanced. Although maybe Portugal won the group. Maybe. I, I, yeah. No. Um, I say all that to say... Um, I'm going to go with Spain. I kind of feel like they have a chip on their shoulder. They are not the easy pick. I was almost going to say Croatia, but I don't have enough of a, a basis to really root for them. Um, yeah. Although I am a, a fan of uh, Luka Modric, Jorge Herrera lookalike. Um, <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm going to go with Spain. I think well, so. no, no, never mind. I'm retracting everything I just said. Belgium. Retracting Belgium. everything okay. I said. Okay, that's a good shout. Belgium's my... My sexy pick. Um, I think they've got the talent, and they can put it together. I'm a fan of their their style and everything. Too. Yeah, Belgium yeah. has looked really good. Uh, their defense is not great. Yeah, maybe Charlotte's Belgium. It's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about Charlotte that. Charlotte can score a lot of goals, but the defense is not always there. So maybe Charlotte's a little bit of Belgium thrown in there too. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to stick with my original pick. I'm going to stick with Brazil. I think Brazil mm. has a lot of talent. They've got, they seem to have figured out how to utilize Neymar without over relying on him. They seem like they kind of mm. went away from that after they struggled a little bit in the first match. So they seem like they're starting to figure it out. So maybe by yeah. the end of the World Cup, they'll kind of use Neymar as a, you know, utilize him well and not just over rely on him the way some other teams rely on their star players a little too much. Hmm. So interesting. That's enough world cup. I know we're not a world cup podcast. Nope. Uh, I'm sure second yellow will have that base covered pretty well. Yep. Um, the next question is from Adam Martin, AKA the, our Tampa Bay Rowdies supporter. I'm sure yes. he'll be there in his, uh, green and yellow on mm-hmm. Wednesday. And he asks, if Charlotte were to take a current player and make them head coach, i.e. the Rowdies and Neil Collins, which one would you want? I'm not going to go with the obvious pick here. Because there's a very obvious pick. Who's the obvious pick? Jorge Herrera. Yeah. He's already coaching high school at a top level. Um, he, it's just too easy to say Jorge Herrera. Um, not that you can't pick Jorge Herrera because it is, it would be a very easy pick, but 
I'm going to go with something a little in left field. Um, I'm going to say Bilal Duckett. Bilal Duckett would be, he would sort of be in the, the realm of uh, Alan Koch of uh, FC Cincinnati. He'd be very fiery, very passionate. Also, Bilal Duckett has a ton of experience, so there's that. But my main reason for picking Bilal Duckett is he would be the flyest coach in the USA. <laughs> he would automatically be the best-dressed coach in the USL. That's a really good hat point. I was about to say, would he wear the hat for the I, game? I, I think he would have to. I think he would, he would wear the hat, and he would do it really well. I mean, it is very sunny out there, and he would be facing the sun if I'm... No, he's facing the opposite way of the sun. Never mind. But either way, the hat, the hat would tie his outfit together. Um, Bilal Duckett. Yeah. That's a good shout. I was thinking about this. So, I'm, I'm kind of thinking outside of the box as well, because I didn't want to just say Jorge Herrera. Gotcha. So, I thought about it, and I came to the conclusion that I really don't want to pick any of our players to be our head coach. But if I had oh, to, but okay, if, if I had, had to, <laughs> I would probably pick um, someone a little bit out of left field as well. Okay. I would pick Jan Ekra. Oh. I, I don't know about his, I don't know if he would make a good coach. I don't know if that's anything yeah. he wants to do, but he's shown so much versatility that I yeah. feel like maybe he would be able to be a coach as well. I don't know. That's a, mm, I can see Jan Ecker being really good. I mean, midfielders Based typically make pretty decent coaches because they have to see you know, the 360 yeah. view of the field. They have to know what everybody else is doing around them. Uh, yeah. you know, strikers don't make the best coaches because they they're they're just a little too focused on scoring goals uh so yeah yeah necker would be my uh if we had to in in an emergency change coaches yeah that's a good good pick yep cool all right the next question comes from christopher davis and he wants me to ask would you please ask ben why he's so bad at soccer pool so Ben, I am not bad so at soccer a, oh, pool. Let's let's give you a chance to defend yourself, Benjamin. I, are you? Why are you bad at soccer pool or not bad, as you claim? I am gonna refute Chris's claim. Just because I scored an own goal to lose the game does not make <laughs> me a bad soccer pool player. Just because Javon Watson assisted Richmond's goal does not mean <laughs> he is a bad defender. This I was good pretty point. darn good. I uh, I think I held my own in a game I've never played in kicking a soccer ball around for the first time in uh, I don't know. Um, I think the jury is yet out on <laughs> my uh, soccer pool uh, professional status. So take that, Chris. But you got what you wanted, and it's in this podcast. <laughs> all right so we have one final question uh this is a out of left field question probably going to be a brief answer and it is from uh us to br football and it is 
The question is, I feel that the U.S. needs to implement a relegation system to align with pretty much the rest of the world. Also, a single table and no playoffs. How do you feel about this? Mm. Um, I'll go first. Um, I would love to see promotion and relegation implemented into the United States. Uh, I think we're still several years away from that being a reality. Uh, and it's not going to bother me one way or another. It's not going to stop me from supporting the Charlotte Independence. Uh, obviously American sports are just kind of playoff centric. So I don't think dropping the playoffs is really ever an option. Uh, I kind of like the playoffs because yeah, with the, with the way we have the schedule, we're not going to get to a single table. It's just not, we have, there's 32 teams in the USL this year. There's going to be like 35 next year. Single table is not realistic. Uh, I mean, you're, mm-hmm. that would be impossible. You couldn't. You can't play sixty games. That's just not. No. And you can't play everybody once, because then nope. that's just not. That's just not realistic. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, it'd be great if the United States could implement promotion or relegation and a single table and all that. But that, that's just too ideal, idealistic to me. I like the USL structure the way it is. I do kind of wish we went to like a six-team playoffs, but then that would really eliminate a lot of teams so we'll see we'll see on that i know with usl d3 coming there might be some teams that drop down and then there's there's very heavy rumors that there will be promotion and relegation within usl Uh that would be really neat uh and obviously one day it would be great if then we could add mls into that uh but that's probably 10 to 12 15 20 years away um it just that's just the way it is uh i i it's not i'm not gonna lose sleep over it i'm not gonna get into arguments over it i know some people are super passionate about it but i don't think promotion the lack of promotion and relegation is what's holding us back as a soccer nation or anything like that what are your thoughts i agree with just about everything there especially at the playoff system i don't think it needs to go away even though it is a very american thing i just i don't think it's necessary ultimately um the other thing i was actually talking to uh brad barnett about this and because i've thought about promotion relegation because i just don't understand how it would be better i may just be a naive soccer fan that doesn't (laughs) see the the benefits of it um very possible but eventually i wouldn't be opposed to it but my main concern right now is Let's say you have um, the independents somehow win the USL and promotion relegation is in Intel available. Yeah. I can't see the independents and not just the independents, but a lot of USL teams being able to make that jump with as new of a team as they are. Yeah. And the independents aren't even the most new team. I can, so, yeah. That's a I, that's a big point you have too. To have infrastructure, because you look at teams in England and and all over the place. They've they've been teams for hundred like fifty years, twenty years, things like that. Yeah, it logistically doesn't make sense to put that type of pressure, and it also doesn't make sense to have MLS teams that have paid that amount of money to drop down 
five, ten years from now, I would love it. I think it'd be great. Um, but right now, it just doesn't feasibly make sense. I don't think. Yeah. And that's probably the last time we'll ever talk about promotion and relegation on this show until it becomes a reality. Yep. So, thanks for the question, though. Uh, it was a diff- different question. Uh, thanks for... Uh, it's a different language. I think it's French. <laughs> so I don't want to try to pronounce it in my broken English. Eh, uamo football. I don't know. Uh, but thank you for asking the questions. That is That wraps up our show for tonight. Uh, we hope we see everybody out on Wednesday at the Plex. Kickoff is at 7.30. It yep. should be a nice evening. There's you know maybe a storm or two popping up, as it is always possible in the summer. Uh, but yeah anything you'd like to add before we get out of here no i'm just ready for a midweek game and then a a one to follow up on for saturday should be cool all right let's do it so see you guys wednesday and come on you jazz